Welcome to the Sovereignty, a Royal Gossip podcast. As always, all statements are our own opinions unless otherwise sourced or noted. The Sovereignty Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of The Sovereignty. I'm Allison. And I'm Alex. And this is part two of the Oprah interview. Yeah. I guess I'll right, call so we- the Oprah effect. I think that's what I'm going to name it. I don't know. Also, we just finished our first recording, so we're just keeping on going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing we talked about was the security. So you want to take it from there? I'm trying to remember. So yeah, we kind of ended on security. I think to sum up what I had just said last week, I feel like it should continue to be paid for because they inherited a royal bloodline that puts a target on their back. I don't necessarily think taxpayers should pay for it, but I do think that the crown has so much money that is not disclosed to the public because they like hide it like crazy. They can afford it. And when I looked into it, I think you mentioned you saw that it roughly cost like $1 million. Um, I For them in Canada. For them in Canada. Just the three of them in Canada, yeah. I'm trying to find, because I looked it up too, and where I found it, they said it was roughly $2.5 million annually for just Harry and Meghan. And I think it, I, I pull that out down when we talk about uh, Diana's inheritance and when okay. they were running out of money. But yes, and I also read online that depending on how much they travel, what's expected of them in work, um, which they're going to continue to travel in a post-COVID world, um, it can honestly go upwards of like $10 million annually to $20 million annually just for the type of security that they need. Um, so the, the race conversation continues to happen because they're talking about uh, the title not being given to Archie. They're talking about the lack of protection and they mentioned not being asked to take the picture in front of the hospital and Oprah kind of leads to this question about racism and you know what the answer is. And Megan goes, I can give you an honest answer in those months when I was pregnant all around the same time. So we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security. He's not going to be given a title and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. Um, and I just have a little note in there that remember Megan says that these conversations were happening as she was pregnant. And I will I have a counter to that when we get I know exactly what you're doing, but yes. Um, I just it was just I have I have I have questions because a few a few things that I had read online and then also I do want to get to like the online stuff. Um yeah, I just have some questions about it. And so Oprah counters that and says, because they were concerned that he would be too brown, that it would be a problem. Are you saying that? And Megan says, I wasn't able to follow up with why, but that if the if that's the assumption you're making, I think that feels like a pretty safe one, which is really hun- hard to understand, especially when I look at the Commonwealth, which is a huge part of the monarchy. And I live in Canada, which is a Commonwealth country for seven years. But it wasn't until Harry and I were together that we started to travel through the Commonwealth. And I would say 60%, 70% of which is our people of color in this position. And I could never understand how that wouldn't be seen as an added benefit. And this goes back to what I was saying in the last episode where – they would change the convention to make sure women can inherit the titles or become a monarch in this moment, because it is so close to the Royal bloodline. Wouldn't it have been great if they removed the rules of like the monarch of Charles having to be 
king in order for for grandsons to get the title and have their first non-white royal titled member. I just it 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 so I wonder I wonder if Charles so you can issue these patents but then having to take them away is such a it's 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 a hassle. And Charles has always wanted a, a very slim down monarch. Yes. And we've and talked so about that before too. Part of me wonders if he's just like, "Hey, listen. Like I know like as much as I would like parliament has so many other things that they're doing right now." What I think we should do is just wait until Archie is in, until Grandma passes, Grandmummy passes, and then when I'm monarch, he will have he will have a styling, and that way we don't have to reverse patents. Like, and I understand from the legal, like royal, do everything by the book way, why that makes sense. From an optics perspective, it doesn't look great to people who care about this, which I think everyone should care about you know, race and especially in a Black Lives Matter year and especially when people are- These are rules and regulations. I know that. I just, I I still think it it could not hurt for them to rejoice that they have their first non-white member when the majority- No, but like, and give him the same title as the other grandchildren. I think that- But then they would be giving him special privilege that no other other great grandchild of the monarch has. And then I guess you get into the conversation of affirmative action and like how it's been white and they colonialized a million countries. And like, it just depends on where you stand on that. And I stand on this super liberal side of like, what does it hurt? And great. We have a moment of like minor equalization that would be wonderful where, and Megan has this cheesy line later. These are the things that like, eye roll me about her where she's like, I was reading a book to Archie and it, there's this line, like, if you see it, you can be it. And it's this moment of saying like, if the Commonwealth people can see and have moments where they, they can see themselves as part of the throne, like the people who are not white, seeing a member of the family who's not white, it's, it's reinforcing, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's showing modernization and, and, hope, you know? And and so I just, I understand that the rules are there. I think they should have made the exception. I don't think this interview did a good job of showing the rules in any way whatsoever. So like it does make, it does continue to add to the, the crown is racist, you know, statement, but I mean, the crown is racist if you really want to get into it. But, this is the same institution that used to marry with, like, with cousins to keep the bloodline yes. pure. So, no, like, let's let's gross. take it with and, a grain of salt. Like, asking them to do this is a is it's a pretty big. But like the fact that they have women now being able to be in line, like, they're is, a thousand years behind. Always small, small steps. <laughs> but I do. The more I learn about them through this podcast, the more I'm like, we don't need the monarchy. This is one Allison and Alex. <laughs> I mean, I love researching about it and I love learning about it and I love commenting on it, but I don't think they're needed. So I'm sorry, especially with Charles as the monarch, but here we go. Um, so we're hitting into the trigger warning part of this episode. So I want to put some, some space out there and if you are feeling any of these feelings, please ask for help and know that 
it's okay to ask for help, even though in this story, it does not appear <laughs> that that's the case. And I'm not laughing because it's a funny topic. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. So um, Megan talks about her mental health and her breaking point of starting to have suicidal thoughts while she was pregnant. And I'm not going to get into specific details about it, but it was while she was pregnant. It was while she was feeling isolated and love or hate her. She was being heavily attacked in the media. And I can't even imagine, like, I don't want to like throw Allison under the bus in any way right now. But like when you were researching this, you got emotional. It is hard to read levels of toxicity and like not internalize it no matter where you are on it. And I, the res researching for this episode was perhaps the most difficult, and it was because of the media and mm -hmm. people on not even just the press, but people on social media and thinking that that all of the opinion the 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 hate which is out there. I like – I don't know if maybe it's just the websites I visit. Like I had never seen this type of like toxicity before. But now that, that Harry and Meghan had come to the United States and had done this interview, there was su stuff in such favor of her and they were wishing death threats on Kate and William and his children. And then I saw things that were just like absolutely throwing Meghan and Harry under the bus. And it was just so – toxic and like you're as I'm trying to do research on this I'm just like reading it constantly and I'm like this is terrifying and terrible and I don't I don't want to do this no and and so Allison texted me earlier and she was just like how are you feeling and I'm like I'm great and then <laughs> I didn't realize that she wasn't like feeling well about the story and so I was like I can do it by myself it's fine people just hear me blab and talk in circles and I'm really happy that you decided to come and and share your opinions on this but I think it is really interesting that even just researching this for like a couple of days like put you in such a spiral that it is it's pretty easy to empathize with Megan mm -hmm. saying like this was hurting and breaking me and she was getting pounded daily. And we always forget that like a lot of this gossip fodder, like you have to take it with a grain of salt, even if like everyone says fake news media. And then they also say like, you know, the news is truth. And there are so like, there will be a story that comes out. That's like Megan is the devil. And then there's the story that comes out. That's like completely opposite. So it's just people filling articles constantly, but it is so, and you're right. The commenting is disgusting. Like I read like a basic comment and it was like, I hope Megan's shaking in her boots. And I'm like, why are people wishing ill towards others at this level? Like there is no, like, why can't you just be like, I don't like that girl and then move on. But like, no, you're well, actually you just not say anything because nobody exactly. really cares. <laughs> just so weird and awful. And I feel so badly for her because, and I'll, I'll share another tidbit about my life. Like, and I think I've told you this off, off channel, but when I was pregnant and I was like four months pregnant, I started having really like bad thoughts of self-harm. And like, I had a sudden urge to drive my car off the interstate and I freaked out and I called Ryan and I'm like, I'm not doing well. Something's not right. I immediately got in to see my therapist and like, I got moved to high risk for my pregnancy and they upped my medication and like your hormones are fucking with you. So adding that on top of like what she was dealing with, I, my heart goes out to her. I have no um, idea how hard it would be. And then to also have to be on display. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
we're going to talk about like what she does in order to try and get help. So Megan says she went to the institution. She said she needed to get help or go somewhere to get help. She wanted to go inpatient and she was told that she couldn't. She said they said that it wouldn't be good for the institution, a.k.a. the firm, a.k.a. the crown. So she went to human resources and said, quote, I just really need help because she mentions in her old job there was a union that would protect her um, like as an actress. And I, I don't know if she's talking about the SAC union. <laughs> like, I don't know what she's talking about. But basically – She was at the yoga shop when she was 13. <laughs> Um, but anyway, she remembers the conversation like it was yesterday because she said my heart goes out or the woman who they were talking to or the man, whoever was part of the institution says my heart goes out to you because I see how bad it is, but there's nothing we can do to protect you because you're not a paid employee of the institution. And I think this is also where the palace is failing because yes, they are working royals, but they don't have a way to report issues. They're not part of the firm because they are the family, even though they're representing the crown, which is part of the issue. Once again, like if the allegations of bullying that were brought up against Megan, that the crown is looking into are on behalf of the firm. Like if that makes sense, like it's, they're looking into it as palace employees. They're not looking into the Andrew allegations because he's a family member. And so I think that there are those, it, no. Okay. I'm getting a no. No. So, okay, if you look at the, the firm company, mm-hmm. they are saying that one employee, Megan, was bullying other employees, HR issue. If So, like, if let's pretend you work at Starbucks. One employee is bullying another employee. Yes, they, they work on that. But Megan's not an employee. They just said she's not an employee. But she was bullying those employees. Essentially, well, when she also is working for the queen and doing like engagements yes, on behalf of the queen, but she's technically not an employee. So that's the thing. True. Okay, but it's it's affecting other people at that company that are employees. Yes. So, Andrew, trash human, does trashy things while he is with Epstein. That I mean, pedophile things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he comes back. So like working at Starbucks, you go and you do pedophile things and then you come back and you're at Starbucks and you're just like doing your thing. Starbucks Starbucks get winds of it and they're just like, oh, so the police are investigating you. We're going to place you on administrative leave, but technically we can't do anything about it because – you did not do anything. I've it done both ways. Like if there's allegations against someone outside of the company, if they're you know big enough, they get let go of. I mean, it happened to in someone at Pixar. I mean, it, it happens. So it does in some companies, but in other companies, like it's they, they don't. And also, then it's the family business aspect of it too. So I think where I'm having the issue is they're looking into allegations against her, but they're not continuing to look into allegations, even if they're outside of, like they're not making Andrew have conversations with police. But that's the thing is they wouldn't, the palace wouldn't be investigating it. And you no, but- can only, you can't force him to, to, you can place it. He's no longer representing the queen, but like, that's not something, they cannot force him to go to the, the um, police and talk to them. He's still getting paid though. He is not getting paid by the crown. He He's is getting paid by the queen. 
that but that is from her per that is I know that's family money. But that's what I'm alluding to with like family money protecting Harry and Megan. Like they made a choice not to give Harry and Megan family money. I understand, but we do need to make sure that we are being extremely careful because the Megan bullying situation and the Andrew situation are too com- there they cannot no, I agree. be compared. I agree. But Megan going in and requesting help and being denied can be, but they're saying that it can't. And you seem to say it's a family matter in the real. Okay, sorry. We're, we no, know this stuff that's, like way too much. So people who are listening right now might be like, what the fuck are they talking about? That's so, why this one is so hard because like you're in one of the most privileged families in the world and you're pregnant. And they're like, no, we can't do anything. Like after Diana, they're like, no, no, this isn't a big deal. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. So she goes to her representative, but she doesn't technically have an HR representative because she's part of the family, not part of the institution, even though she's representing the institution. This is why it's so messy and why I think they need to do a better job of protecting the people on both sides because they look like they're very protected. But if they don't have a way to get like, access to what they need in this regard at working and representing for the crown, there's a failing somewhere in the system. And so my biggest issue as we just had this massive debate is there, the queen has put out a statement in regards to, to this entire interview, calling it a family matter and having different recollections. And we can, we'll get there at the end too. But if Megan asked for help from the institution and was denied because it didn't look good, look like look good for the family, or because there's nothing, no plan in place for her to go inpatient, that's a failing. I don't disagree. Okay, um, so um, now we're getting to a point now where Harry enters into the conversation. I haven't finished. Okay, sorry. Well, I have enter Harry. Well, I have this one is hard. Oh, I, you is just it, said that. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Um, sorry. So she has, I'm wondering why she didn't go to her OBGYN. That's a doctor because she was like, you can't just call an Uber to the palace. Um, will Kate and Harry have done leaps and bounds with mental health? Like, Harry is very well aware of what needs to be done. It's very, very sad that in this situation, because like, you know what needs, it's like when you're in, um, like an emergency situation, like you can know everything to do, but like in that situation, you're like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do I do? No, they have the Heads Up Together Foundation and it's- Exactly. It's, it's, and Harry's been part of it. I think Megan has shown up at events to it, Will and Kate patron it, but it's basically like a mental health, Mm -hmm. um, being public about your needs and getting the help that you need. So it makes me really sad. I also am wondering like, I don't think that every avenue was explored and that makes me really sad. And I don't, because I don't think every avenue was, they didn't go to the right people to get the right help. I'm very much leaning towards, they went to the courtiers and the courtiers didn't really do anything. And then they went to the HR because like, as you said, like if it doesn't really affect the queen, they're not going to bring the queen into it. And I think you're right. This might've been a situation where they needed to tell family directly and, Harry will talk about this more because I just don't want to go out of order. But I think Harry mentions at some point that he was ashamed to discuss it with his family. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And this is where I got confused because it's like, did they know or did they not know? And maybe they just didn't know the level of how unhappy and hurt Megan was. And so I don't want to put it as like Will and Kate and the Queen's failing. Like that's not well, what I, I, I definitely anyway. don't think it's the actual royal family's failing. No, I, think I think it's the institution's failing and that's where I'm having problems. It's like, so you'll investigate bullying, but you won't protect one of your members from who needs medical help. There's so, also a ton of them that have gotten therapy Will yeah, and like they're not they're not quiet about therapy. So I find this really he has been in rehab. So I'm super confused as to how how this all played out. But I just like part of me just thinks that like the press was so toxic against her that they were like, we just don't want you in the press anymore, and it'll get out. And that's then a load of malarkey. They should they have they cannot. Oh, oh. No, I'm not excusing the behavior. No, I'm just, just saying if that is absolutely this not. This is why I'm just very frustrated with the institution right now based on this interview not the family at this point but that's also why i'm frustrated with the queen's like press release too oh i thought it was so, great but we can get to it yeah um okay so harry comes in and there's a a voiceover basically that talks about in 2019 harry and megan left the uk moved to canada the couple says they chose Canada as a Commonwealth of Britain with the intention of continuing to serve the Queen. After their move, Harry and Meghan say security normally provided by the royal family was cut off um, by March 2020, just before the COVID lockdown. Harry and Archie moved, Harry, Meghan, and Archie moved to LA and lived in Tyler Perry's home with his security for three months. Um, Harry talks about his concerns right before the COVID lockdown with people knowing their location in Canada, um, them not having protection. And since the, his status change was very quick. Um, but I have some confusion with that too. There was just a lot of moving parts, but due to them no longer being working Royals, they were not allowed to have security. So he was just kind of in panic mode. Um, my confusion comes in with, they talk about the fact that they had, Oh, here, I'll go. They spoke to the queen about stepping back for over a year directly. Um, so she was aware that they wanted to step down and have a different type of role. Um, the media reported that this decision to leave blindsided the queen. Like they even were upfront about the date that they were going to announce it to the press, January 7th. Um, they correct all those reports and say this was a conversation for some time. The reason that they finally chose to leave, Harry says he was desperate for help, implying Megan's mental health as well as the media representation. Um, he's the one who asked to leave. Oh, he says, I left the working role, but I didn't leave the family. Like he was very much like, I'm still a member of my family. I still love my family. I didn't want the role anymore. Um, I guess I'm confused as if the queen was aware of it for a year. I feel like the title change would have been more aware that it was going to be happening for some time. I think I'm just very confused because it did seem very sudden so that's where I think this is where a lot of things aren't adding up. Um, and I, if you notice, I, I think, and this is where it just gets so crazy. I think the palace is a big game of telephone. And so there are times when, um, so like think of that game when you play it and you, by the time you get to the fifth person, it's, it's somewhat resembles the truth, but also kind of really jumbled. So mm -hmm. I think some of these conversations were happening directly with her. Some of these conversations were happening with private secretaries or aides or courtiers. And then 
things were getting lost in translation as it was going because someone's like, oh, well, that doesn't really necessarily apply to her. The left hand had no idea what the right hand was doing. And I think that's where Harry did have conversations with the queen, with the queen but not everything was direct. And that's why at one point, Harry, uh, Charles says, I need you to put it in writing. Okay. And I think that's fair too, because I think Charles has to run it like a business. He needs to know what they're asking for and if it's possible. So they, what they're saying is Megan makes this line where she says, we never left the family. We only wanted to have the same type of role that exists. There are senior members of the family and then there are non-senior members. And we said specifically, we're stepping back from senior roles to to just be like several. And she goes, I think I can think of so many right now who are all their Royal Highnesses, Prince or Princesses, Duke or Duchess earning a living, but they live on palace grounds and they can support the queen if and when called upon. So we weren't reinventing the wheel here. We were saying, okay, this isn't working for everyone. We're in a lot of pain. You can't provide us with the help we need. Can we take a step back and do it in a Commonwealth country? And I kind of wish Harry was the one explaining what they wanted from a role because it does seem very entitled as like you're coming in and you're asking for your cake and to eat it too. But I'm I'm not referencing – like I'm not taking away her pain or her stress or the racism comments or any of that. I'm just saying like you can't come into a family and build your own role in an institution that has existed for 1,200 years. Where I am confused is, is who they are referencing as the senior royals that have this working arrangement. Um. Yeah. I have that. Okay. So one, I want to mention that the statement that they made on January 8th, 2020 specifically said they were going to carve out a new progressive role. Wrong words. That's currently held. Yeah. And that's what bothers me. Like they use the wrong words in their statement. And they said, and work to become financially independent. And that's something we'll reference later. So that was literally their statement. And I think they're referring to the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester. This is like Worcestershire um, and Princess Alexandra. They all carry out duties for the queen on occasion, especially even before like 2013 when um, the sovereign grant was still paying for even like minor royals. Um, and they re- do receive a stipend for the work that they do and like apartment on the the palace grounds. But they don't have other commercial ventures. So when she's saying, I can think of so many, I really wish she would have named names so we could see exactly what type of role they were looking for. Well, I don't for. know if they were referencing like Beatrice and Eugenie because don't they have jobs? They do have jobs, but they um, they don't carry out uh, stuff on behalf of the queen. It's They go so to like the queen. that's the, the confusion. And I think that was where I was like, I know royals who make money. I know royals who represent the queen. I don't know those who do both. And I think that's why they can't have this new role. Mm-hmm. They could have done one or the other. Yep. Um, Harry mentions he was very concerned with history repeating himself, referencing his mother and the press, or definitely um, he was saying it was definitely more dangerous now a days because of social media, but also adding in race as an issue. And I believe him wholeheartedly, like social media has made it incredibly unsafe for like any famous person, public figure, because people can find you and track you very quickly. If someone posts a photo of you, um, Harry mentions he expected the press to come for him when he announced that he had a girlfriend, but he never expected it to be about a race issue. And he said, I quote, I hadn't really thought about the mixed race piece because I thought, well, firstly, you know, I've spent so many years doing the work and doing my own learning, but my upbringing and the system of which I 
was brought up in and what I've been exposed to, I wasn't aware of it to start with, but my God, it doesn't take very long to suddenly become aware of it. And he's implying to racism. Um, and you have a comment. I just, it's, he's right. Like these are the people that were, that wanted to protect their bloodline. And um, he's had some run-ins with some, some issues. He, should have really been aware of it back in 2005 when he was spotted in a Nazi costume and again in 20, 2006, but it didn't come out in 2009 that he called a fellow platoon members racial slurs. Um, the statement from Buckingham Palace says, Prince Harry fully understands how offensive this term can be and is extremely sorry for any offense his words might have caused. However, on the occasion three years ago, Prince Harry used the term without any malice and as a nickname about a highly popular member of his platoon. There's no question that Prince Harry was in any way seeking to insult his friend. Which leads me to the question. In a lot of the forums and stuff that I was reading, there were a few um, women that were like, hey, I'm a woman of color and I'm married to a white man. And we had conversations like, who do you think the baby's gonna, going to look who, – who do you think the baby's going to take after? And I was like, that is actually really, really interesting. So if we're thinking about this game of telephone, as it – as these questions are asked, do you think that by the time it got to Harry and Meghan and or as they were going through this, it could have turned into something where they took it that that is not what how it was meant at all? And I think yeah. it's some direct conversation with Harry. And I think it was his father making an aside. I 1000% think it was Charles. There are open bets right now that they think it's Andrew. Like that's the um, number one odd. Ryan sent me like the betting list. Um, and I was like dying laughing, but it's never going to get released. So I don't see it ever getting released. That was just a question. I don't think it's a game of telephone. Harry makes it very clear that the conversation happened directly with him. I think it's a game of telephone to Megan about when it happened. Well, um, that, was also, that was the other thing. He said it happened. I also think there were multiple. And Harry makes a comment that there were multiple conversations about it. I kind of had a like an inkling of what I thought the conversation could have been if it was from a protection standpoint. But in no way is it a comfortable or appropriate conversation. Like my big weird, this was my big worry, like this or what I thought like the conversation was. And I hope this doesn't like sound disgusting because I in no way like care what Archie's skin color looks like. And I'm excited that there's, a, you know, a, a mixed race baby in, in the royal lineage. Um, oftentimes genetics can be wild and like Archie could have been considerably darker than Megan, which would have been great and wonderful. I think the conversation that could have happened would have been something along the lines of like, are you concerned that people will question if you're the father? And I think it's disgusting, but I think that could have been one of the conversations. And to me, I'd be like, who, literally who else would it be? Well, like, exactly. Why, that's such a but silly I think, question. Like, I can see Charles having that conversation. Like, are you prepared for the press to think that this might not be your son? Because like they that was that, in because they didn't think that you were my were, son. Yeah. Do you think that that was a that's a, that is a very interesting take. I did not even think about that. That's where my brain went because literally I'm on TikTok today, like randomly, and there's like <gasps> the tweens are starting to believe that like Harry is not Charles's son. Oh, dear Lord. And, they, and I'm like, guys, songs. yes, he has red hair like Major Hewitt. And yes, there are photos where their smiles might look similar. He looks just like Prince Philip. 
like yeah. to a T. So I don't know what you're talking about, but oh, okay. Um, so that was the only where, like, that was where my brain kind of went with the conversation because I'm like, could there have been a way that this was brought up that is so gross and so inappropriate, but like was meant to be protective? It doesn't excuse it. I just, that was where I was like trying to brainstorm, like, is there a way where it's not as gross as I think it is? But I still think it's gross. So either way, I can understand like Harry being like, fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. so, um, and also Harry dressing up as a Nazi. There's no excuse. No, it was a, an atrocious photo that I found. And well, him using racial slurs. I'm glad he's learned the lesson. And so Oprah leads him down this road to the most Oprah-led statement. This is also <laughs> like... This is where I'm like, Oprah, you're feeding him lines. But it doesn't mean that it's not true. And he says, Oprah goes, you said you weren't really aware of unconscious bias and all that that it represents. And he says, no. And she goes, until you met Megan. And he says, yes. Um, And he would not have, I think, said the statement unconscious bias unless Oprah had said it for him. Um, but I do think it's there. I do think it's good that it's being talked about. Um, I'm happy that like Buckingham Palace is having to accept, acknowledge, and hopefully like change behaviors. Um, so Harry mentions how shocking he found all of the racist coverage, how blatant it was, how the UK is his home. And he's like, I already have my own relationship with the press, but I asked for calm from the British tabloids. Once as a boyfriend, once as a husband, and once as a father. And I can't even imagine as a parent having to, like, make that request. Like, it is one thing as a partner, and it's disgusting. But as a parent, like, that is gutting. I I just, like, I can't imagine. So Oprah clarifies if he was leaving uh, the family because of the press or because of the lack of support from the firm, not the family. Harry mentions... Um, Harry says both. And he mentions he still talks to his grandmother frequently, how much love he has for her. Um, And he says that his father wanted it all in writing what they were asking for because they're still kind of like going back and forth like on this conversation. Um, And he's like, well, my dad stopped taking my calls. I literally almost spit out my water on that statement. Like this is a takedown of Charles. Like if anyone's getting taken down in this, it's Charles. And Charles totally is the one who asked that question, in my opinion. Sorry. So he mentions, I would never blindside my grandma. I have too much respect for her. Um, He feels like the story of him blindsiding the queen leaving came directly from the institution. I believe him. Um, I said, let's talk about Charles not taking his calls. Harry says, I went a bit rogue because I was at a point of not knowing what to do. Like, I think Harry was at like this breaking point and asking for things. And Charles is like, I can't talk to him right now because it's going nowhere was kind of my thought. But it's also now being reported that Charles, but I don't think, I think I accidentally put this note in the wrong place, but Charles (laughs) did not financially cut him off. Um, Yeah. Cause there's a a moment Harry says that he was financially cut off by the family. Mm -hmm. Um, Megan continues to give awkward statements that make me uncomfortable in regards to referencing the little mermaid and how she's like her. And uh, 
Megan reminds me of like the girl in college who has motivational posters up and believes them. And that is the girl who becomes an influencer, which is what she became. And then she happened to become royal. And I hope she uses that positivity in the channels that she's going through because I think she truly believes it. I just am such a pessimistic asshole that I'm like, I can't. Okay. I'm sorry. Also, I'm hoping what I said about the conversation isn't excusing it. Like what I'm assuming the conversation is. No, I don't think that it's an excuse. It's just, it's a general like, hey, some people would find this offensive and other people wouldn't. And so like, if it came from a family member, do you think it came from a place of love and then it it turned into – it was not something that was – But it's offensive away? no matter what. That's the No, problem. it doesn't. Okay. But it also it, – we are – it's not that we're trying to excuse it, but we're trying to understand how this family that we love and admire so much could make a statement like that. And so we are trying to figure out like how it happened. Fair. Also, I think we should keep that in there. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Why not? Why not? <laughs> We're trying to rationalize really disgusting behavior. So that's just where I'm at. Um, Okay. So I got my water. Uh, You were on, they talk about mental health again. Oh, so they start to talk about her mental health again and it's heartbreaking. And Harry says that he didn't talk to his family directly about it because he felt so much shame. I mentioned this earlier and he regrets this. This is where I'm confused because Megan implied that the family did know about it. But here Harry is saying that they didn't talk about it directly. Yeah. Um, and they both implied that they tried every resource available to them um, to get help but were denied. And so this is one of those, like, it's just like, I'm sure it was just really overwhelming at the time. And this is where I get a little bit upset at Oprah because – You want more? I think that this is – this is – it's this is huge, okay? Mm-hmm. This is they this everybody in the palace looks so put together all the time. And you have this member of the royal family coming out and saying, Yeah, I looked put together and my friends were telling me I looked great, but on the inside I wasn't doing great and I wasn't feeling great. But then I wasn't able to get the help that I needed. And so like how is she doing now? Not everybody has the ability to just like pick up and move countries. And have Tyler Perry, like, help them out. Like, Oprah needed to say, if Megan was comfortable sharing, Oprah needed to say, so for the people that are also in a similar situation where they feel like they, where they, where they cannot get help, what did you do? How did you get through this? Now, the cynical part of me thinks that she is waiting to do this on her mental health thing on Apple with Harry. That makes sense. Instead of is doing Oprah it. involved in the mental health thing as well? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Because I thought Oprah made said that quote, but then when I was reading the transcript, they attributed it to Megan. And I was like, I thought Oprah said that about like a word thing. Um anyway. Uh <laughs> what? My, brain, my brain just stopped working. <laughs> you're gonna have to like cut a lot of this these moments. No, out. no, you're fine. We've been podcasting for two hours. Like my brain is gone. Um, I think we're almost done, right? No, oh, yeah, we still maybe. have a part three. <laughs> Look, this is so long. Um, we're, we're good. We can do this. No, we're going to do it. Um, no, and I think I think what's really important 
there's a chance that Harry and Meghan are protecting their family by not saying like we went to them and told them as well. Like, cause then it looks like the family denied them. So I'm just really torn on this whole situation. I'm glad she's gotten help. I do hope she shares in some capacity what that looked like. So people who might be in the same situation understand what their routes that they can take. And like, I was lucky enough when I was really depressed to have a therapist and a doctor that I could talk to and have a doctor that took it serious enough that they moved me to high risk and then asked me how I was feeling every other week. Like I was in there every two weeks, um, even when you aren't supposed to be in there every two weeks yet. So um, anyway, So Harry mentions the family's lack of comment on the racist coverage again. And he says what I consider to be the thesis statement of this interview, like the most important statement, aside from like, you don't have to hate Kate and love me and you don't have to love me or whatever. So he goes, I guess one of the most telling parts and the saddest parts was that over 70 members of parliament, female members of parliament, both conservative and labor came out and called out the colonial undertones of the articles and headlines written about Megan. Yet no one from my family ever said anything over those three years. And that hurts. But I also am acutely aware of where my family stand and how scared they are of the tabloids turning on them. And this is one of those, I think it's like a a never complain, never explain thing. They did issue a statement when you guys started dating. You made your feelings very clear around how you wanted to do the birth of Archie. But, you know, there's some discrepancy there. Um, And it's just like if you keep your head down and they go away, there's nothing to report. Like, look at Anne. And I think that's what a lot of his family members were doing is just like, if we start saying one thing about something, then it's just going to perpetuate this cycle. And I also understand that it's very quid pro quo with them. Um, they're in a, they're in a sticky situation. They are in a sticky situation. I do think that there are certain areas where it's worth making the fight. And I think racism and human rights are this issue. And I think if anything, like you're protecting a member of your family and this is gross behavior. If they insult the press, the press then turns on them, though, more. So this is what we're getting to. So Harry talks about how he feels like his family is all prisoners of the press. And we have spoken about the Royal Roto before in past seasons. And basically, he comments how there are an exclusive set of press given access to the family, which is the Royal Rota, And you wine and dine them. And it's essentially like, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The families and the people that give them the better coverage or the better experience get than nicer stories in the press, which is, I think that conversation of like why Williams press secretary is so close to the people at the sun, which is also the, the press or whoever Megan sued. Like there is a very incestual curvature of like, she sued the, um, the mirror, the daily mail and the Sunday, like, so the sun, yes. So basically, well, the sun is a different. It's no? the mail on Sunday, and then the sun. Okay. She sued one of them. That the that Williams press secretary is like best friends with the editor at. Okay, I'd have to look that up because I think she sued the Daily for the okay. letter of her father. Sorry, I, I have read it a million times that I know that there's like some incestual thing happening there, um, which is nasty. Like when you take out like the firm side and then you add the family side in there. But um, anyway, so he talks about how his family 
is their prisoners. Megan explains that they even have holiday parties with the press at the palace, like they wine and dine them. Um, and then part of that rota includes the papers that Harry and Megan have sued and won. Um, so it's just a really, it's a fine line. And like we said earlier, like the Royal family thrives on getting the coverage. The coverage dictates what you think is happening and they can easily make shit up either way. So go ahead. No, I'm going to skip those notes. You you go. Oh, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Harry says that she was really embraced well and better than expected by the family and that his grandmother has always been amazing throughout. You know, my father, my brother, and Kate and all the rest of the family, they were very welcoming, but it really changed after the Australia tour and after our South Pacific tour. Um Oprah brings up the crown. She asks if they watch. They both do. They say that they've watched some. And I'm like, they have watched it all. Don't even. One, it's riveting television, so you can't stop. And two, bullshit. You're going to watch your family's bio- like biography on television? Are you kidding me? Um, he, they. So Oprah's like, this makes me think of the Australian tour, referencing episode six that we've recapped on the season. Um, and... It's very specific that Charles becomes extremely jealous of Diana's amazing performance. They don't go there exactly in this interview, but it's heavily implied that there was jealousy of Megan's extremely amazing performance. They are not saying if it's Will or Kate being jealous or Charles being jealous. My vote is still Charles. Um, I think there were some things like stories of them would be dropped at the same time that stories of like, Charles being at an event and like his, his coverage would get buried. Like the press just was not doing a good job of running them in my opinion. And this could be a game of telephone again. Um, I'm just going to let you know right now. Something, a lot of my notes are in wrong places here. Okay. This is a wrong note place. (laughs) So go ahead to the next thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Oprah goes back to the protection situation and she brings back their desire to kind of have both worlds of being royal and work on their own world. uh, world. And I said we should discuss this because we both have mixed thoughts on this. Um, Harry goes, it's interesting that you talk about it being, you know, having it both ways. Um, on On the security element, I never thought that I would have my security removed because I was born into this position which is so entitled, by the way. I inherited the risk, so that was a shock to me. That was completely what changed the whole plan. I do agree with him. So sorry, I'm like me interjecting that I thought that was entitled was me saying that. But um, I agree with him that he should always have it, but it is entitled to make the assumption that you will always be protected and everything is done for you. Um, Megan mentions that she asked for them to please keep security for Harry and wrote letters to the family. And she says, it's very clear that the protection of me or Archie is not a priority. I accept that. That's fine. Please keep my husband safe. Um, I see the death threats. I see the racist propaganda. Please keep him safe. Please don't pull his security and announce the world where he is and where we are at the most vulnerable and just say, and they said it was not possible. Also, that is not how you write a letter if you're asking for something. Yeah. And I mean, this just goes back to, I'm just going to say, see my earlier conversation from what the Times wrote about RPOs and their their threat and uh, risk assessment. Um, I still think the risk was there because they, they, they specifically said the risk has not changed in this. So I'm going to I'm going to honor that statement because they added that in there. Um, 
She also apparently wrote letters to the family when they moved in together saying that she was dedicated to the life. And she said, quote, I am dedicated to this. I am here for you. Use me as you'd like. There was no guidance. Uh, there were certain things that you couldn't do. But, you know, unlike what you see in the movies, there's no class on how to speak, how to cross your legs, and how to be royal. I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on this one. Really? Yeah. Um, to me, this reads like a little bit Diana naive – and I don't believe that that's happening again. Um, it was well documented that uh, Kate got princess lessons, essentially like all the protocols that she needed to follow. While I do think Megan's might have been a little bit rushed, um, it was reported that Samantha Cohen in, in Vanity Fair, actually, it was reported Samantha Cohen, one of the longtime uh, palace aides, was giving Megan lessons for six months. Um, multiple outlets reported on it. And this is also part of that when she did the, the terrorist training. I think that it's interesting, though, that maybe she makes a comment in the episode or, or in the interview alluding to, like, she didn't know the national anthem. And I think there may have been some assumptions that were assumed that she's an American. Maybe they thought that she would know these things and she didn't. And so maybe there's sort of been some classes that explained things. Maybe they need a better curriculum, princess training. Possibly, but how many – I read I read something that was like Wallace Simpson is the only person that could have prepared her for this because she was the only other American. That's fair. But I do think there should be a curriculum and they like check a list and there are little boxes like knows the anthem. And I'm pretty sure that's why they used to just marry them off to their cousins because they're like, fair. we're going to train them. <laughs> we have to worry about it. But I mean, this is going to happen again. And maybe it'll be future prince training with George. Who knows? Like maybe he'll fall in love with me and I can only hope. But like also I just am saying there needs to be some standardization because people continue to marry into this family who are not – Part of it. Um, she also, oh, they talk about Megs that Harry says that he would never have left if it wasn't for Megan, which I guess literally gives all the gossip their, you know, check that they're like, Harry leaves for Megan and Megan's the reason of the leave or of the exit. Literally, my words are no longer working out of my mouth. Um, he mentions how trapped he felt. But he didn't really realize it until he was with Megan because he entered into therapy and he became aware of how toxic the system was. Oprah basically is like, hey, privileged white boy, explain to me how you as a literal prince felt trapped. And he explains, I felt trapped within the system like the rest of my family are. My father and brother, they are trapped. They don't get to leave. And I have huge compassion for that. Um I think that's really important to talk about too. I mean, we've mentioned on it when we talk about like the lack of the ability to abdicate for the heirs because it is ingrained into them that their job is is this and they don't have a choice. Like they literally have no choice to leave and it is not a normal way to live. No, not at all. Um, but it's also an immense privilege. Just like uh, Queen Elizabeth said, like she's like, this is my duty and it's my privilege. And whether my life be long or short, like I'm dedicating it to you guys. And she is a, a person who can handle it and not everyone can. That's very and, true. Um, and it makes me think of like the movie Ever After when it's like with privilege comes immense responsibility or whatever. And you mean Spider-Man? No, I'm pretty sure it's Ever After. Like the Cinderella story with Drew Barrymore. What's the Spider-Man one? <laughs> 
<laughs> we are so tired. <laughs> no, uh, but I think it's true. Like the queen is like, was like truly set up for success with her own mental ability. Like she is the most capable person ever. Imagine if Andrew had to have born, been born first. Like what a mess. Oh, God help us all. And I honestly think we're going to get a mess with Charles. Um, I think William is set up for it. I really do. Um, I I am a little bit worried about George. <laughs> or it's like he just George, really? Yes. He's so tiny still. No, I know. There's all these funny memes of him destroying things and like just being like like a tyrant as a young child. And I believe them fully and I'm excited to see what happens there. But I totally think that Charlotte would have been the better. <laughs> um Okay, so Meg's it was not Megan's decision. It was Harry's decision on behalf of, like, what was happening. They bring up this Netflix and Spotify deal, and Harry says it's never part of the plan, but we needed to figure out a way to have money because the family cut me off. Um, Oprah is, like, shocked by this statement. Um, This is a word mix-up in my mind because, in my mind, the firm cut him off. They have money from Diana and they say without that, they would not have been able to do what they did. And I believe that if you don't have a $10 million inheritance, you aren't able to do what they did. No. The Netflix and Spotify deal. And he was like, this was never part of the plan. I was like, then what were you planning to do to become financially independent? I don't think they knew. I think they just were like grasping at straws. And the other thing that like truly – freaks me out is he has no skill set outside of military warfare. And he was raised not to have a job outside of what they like shaking hands, kissing babies and, you know, representing the queen. So it's like, it is a really unfair situation to expect him to never be financially independent, but also not train him for anything and then cut him off. If that is true, like if the firm cut him off, it's just a very, I know they're being extremely nice to grandma and she's the next one that's going to give him an inheritance. So you think that that's what I think I genuinely think that Harry loves. I do too. But I also think that he is making sure that he is securing. He also got a higher inheritance from the queen mother too. But they don't need money. They took out a $9 million loan on their house, like a mortgage. Well, that was before they got their deals. Yeah. But have they produced anything from their deals? When does that money come in? I have no idea. That's another thing. And also with these bullying claims, are these deals going to go through? Yes, they will. It's just something something to think about. So to clarify, I said to clarify after Googling, the independent estimates their security of five full-time guards and an armored SUV to be roughly $2.5 million annually. But people say it can go to 10 to $20 million. I've already said that. But the thing that's interesting, if Diana only left, them 10 million and I know I'm saying only but their security could cost up to half or more of that she left them 10 million well she left each of them 10 million in 1997 it started paying dividends out when they were 25 years old and they will get he will get access to the full principal when he turns 40 but that still doesn't mean that they have cash in their accounts at this point in this situation however the queen mother also left the queen mother also left him a lot of money and to that money I believe so already. I'm not sure if he's already spent it or not. Um, But, I mean, he wears the same suit over and over, so I feel like he's doing okay. Um, 
sister also has holes in his shoes. I know. He really is just frumpy. It's amazing. I love it. He just needs so much help. Um, so I think, I think, I mean, I think they're doing fine. Plus, I actually don't think Charles has cut them off. So I know. I just think it would be really scary in that moment. If they didn't have any money in their accounts, they didn't have access to any money, they didn't have any security, I I have to believe in that moment that would be panic-inducing. Uh, well, if I'm not going to lie to you. I feel less sorry for them in their $16 million mansion. Fair. And they get to that. He says, I have a great life now. I'm very lucky. I have great dogs. <laughs> it's just this moment of like, <laughs> you had to shout out the dogs. It was very funny. Um, Harry talks about how he still has a good relationship with his grandmother and they chat now more than they did before. I never thought of that as a negative thing where like, I never looked into it as an inheritance bait thing, but that makes me sad. I'm just, I don't act. I'm just saying like they made sure. And I honestly think it's just out of his, his respect and love for his grandparents. I think one of the things that kills me is that if like right now I can't really see my grandpa because of, of COVID. And he's my only living grandparent, and I would, I would give anything to be able to hang out with my grandparents again. So, moving across the country, like moving to another continent, and not being able to be near him, like he's incredibly lucky to still have two grandparents. Um, that's not something I would ever do, but that's it's it's his call. That's not that's not for me to judge. Like that's that's your own decision. I think he felt like he had to do it to protect his child genuinely from the British press. I do feel that. Um, and he seems so strained when he talks about how the UK is still his home. Like, I don't think he wants to be in California. I think he's there because he feels like that's where he has to be right now. And I don't blame Megan for that either. I wish they were in Montana or something though. Um, Montana is so beautiful. I'd be I so know. Beautiful. I just wish they picked a place that was more not <laughs> the middle, not the middle of the most expensive, nasty. I hate LA. I fucking hate LA. Oh, oh, I love it there. Really? I know. We always talk about this. I <laughs> fucking hate LA. Um, okay. He mentions that he and his father have a strained relationship. Obviously, um, I don't think that's going to fix. I don't. Not for a long time. He does mention that he hopes like time heals all wounds and like they'll get there, but I feel like it's going to be some time. Um, he says he and Will are in a similar situation to he and his father. Like they need some space. He loves Will to bits, but they're on different paths. And there's, it is true. Like no one will understand what it's like to be in Will's situation besides Charles. Like unless you are the heir apparent, like you, you just, it is a sacrifice that you will never understand. Like, like as much as Harry has been fucked in this situation, he has an immense privilege that he gets to walk away. Um, they get into the Archie skin color conversation again. Uh, he says he won't mention who it was. The com and he says it was awkward and he was shocked. And he mentions it started right from the beginning. And I don't know if he's saying that there were more than one conversation. Um because this is where the stories changed between he and Megan. Megan mentioned that it was when she was pregnant. The conversation happened. Harry said it was happening at the beginning. But, he also but I would also like to say that husbands don't have the best track record of providing accurate information. Fair. 
So let's also throw that out there that the reason that their stories might not line up is because, well, they're not the best at relaying information. In fairness, too, like he might not have told her until she was pregnant that this conversation Which is a shitty time to tell her. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, it's Harry. Yeah. We, I always jokingly call him the little dum-dum, but like there are moments, there are moments, but also I thought he did an excellent job in this interview and I'll get to that probably some point at the end. Um, he mentions that the family suggested that she carried on acting because there was not enough money to pay for her and all this sort of stuff. Like there were some obvious signs before they even got married that this was going to be really hard. And I'm like, in what world? This did not track for me. Yeah, no. They would never want a working royal to act. Um, Grace Kelly gave up her acting career when she – it's just not something that you do. And I don't know if he's saying at the beginning of them leaving. I don't understand. But also they have so much money. Like I said, like there's so much undeclared money that this family has. So I just – I don't understand where they're like, we have no money. Um, and I said, but this compounded with the, with the stuff that we've talked about earlier speaks volumes on why they felt so unsupported. Harry says that I'm sad that this is what's happened, um, but I know and I'm comfortable in knowing that we did everything we could to make it work and we did everything on the exit process the way that it should have been done. And Megan said, with as much respect, and Harry seconds that with as much respect, and Megan says, and oh my God, we did everything we could do to protect them. And I said, but then what is this interview? And that's where it's hard for me. I what think was they the end goal for this? Yeah. I think so. I think the end goal is they wanted to reintroduce themselves as not toxic, horrible people that the press has made them out to be. And they picked like the mama interviewer that the world trusts, like I said in the first episode, to to be that person with them. Um, I also think they want to point out the racist issues within the institution and point out areas where it could be fixed. I just don't know if this is the way that that you protect your family and also have change happen. That's valid. They talk about how the decision was made prior to this interview that they would not be returning as working royals, but there was absolutely no way that they could have been with their streaming deals. So like the the moment they signed those deal, they don't say that. Like I'm saying that there's no way they could have gone back to being working royals with the Spotify and Netflix deal without having to buy them out. Um, you can't work for the crown and and also work for another large media conglomerate mm-hmm. and not have opinions. Yeah, because they have to be neutral. Yeah, so there's no way to be neutral with, with the choices that they made in who they were going to partner with. I mean, there could have been other choices that they could have made that maybe they could have returned to if they were temporary, but like one of them was a five-year deal, I think, and it's like – from the moment those things were signed, like they weren't coming back. Um, they mentioned that with that decision that they would not be returning to being working royals, which was made before of this interview, uh, that means they will lose their patronages and Harry lost all honorary military titles. titles. Um, they keep their royal titles. Like I don't think they're HRHs anymore, but they're – well, he is. 
he will yeah, always. And so, and so is she. In order okay. to remove them, it takes another patent. Like it's a big okay. deal to remove them. Got it. And so they'll keep their titles. Um, and of course, he's royal by blood. So like, there's no reason for him to not have a even blood after blood. Um, the Duke of Windsor when he abdicated, he kept his HRH. So if they didn't take it from him, they're not going to take it from from Harry and Meghan. But what I thought was interesting is like the press did kind of spin it as like they were getting stripped of these things because they did the Oprah interview and it was all determined before the Oprah interview. So the press is just constantly like spinning fake stories. If you want to add on to that, what I find that's really interesting, um, there were some YouTubers, I don't know if you followed any of this, that asked for royal commentators to comment ahead of time on the interview. And um, one include Dickie Arbiter, who was the Queen's former press secretary, um, and a bunch of other people. And they basically were just like toxic takedowns of Harry and Meghan before they even saw what was said and like gave these opinions. So I think it's just showing like the British press is kind of fucked. Like truly, like they just say whatever they want to say. Not all of them, but the gossip magazines for sure. Um, And then... I said, I'm glad they had their moment to explain their side, but it doesn't unify the family in any way. It rips them apart. Um, I think Buckingham Palace has giant strides to deal with their lack of response to racist behavior and found it extremely odd that William spoke out recently against racism, but not in representation of like his family. So I'm quoting Lainey Gossip. So Lainey Louie, she wrote, There has been an ongoing question mark for the British royals for some time now. You'll recall a few weeks ago when Prince William decided to repudiate racism because of what was happening in the English Premier League, which is their soccer league or football league. He was checked online by people who were like, "Um, where are you when your sister-in-law was getting racistly or racistly harassed, but you're out here sticking up for football players. After all, during a year of civil unrest when Black Lives Matter was a worldwide focus, the British royal family remained steadfastly mute on the movement for Black justice and equality, calling it a political issue behind the scenes, as if Black people advocating for the right to life and opportunity could possibly be political. All right, I will sum up final thoughts. I said if the monarchy survived 1992, it can survive this. And I think the the statement that the Buckingham Palace uh, released says it all. 1992 was a nullis It was called the horrible year. It was um, Diana's phones were tapped. Charles's phones were tapped. I was trying to see what lunar new. I was trying to see what Chinese animal. Like Um, I'm really into lunar new year, and I was trying to see what animal it was. It was the year of the monkey, which bad year and i'm a tiger so tigers and monkeys hate each other oh, okay <sighs> um all right so this is this i'm gonna read you and then i'm gonna interpret for you what i think it actually means. <laughs> okay um quote the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for harry and megan end quote wow they didn't tell us how bad things were if they had things might have been different i guess this is what happens when family and business collide and it's just a game of telephone between everyone's secretary and aides Next portion, quote, the issue raised, particularly that of race, are very are concerning. The statement continued, while some recollections may vary, and I'm going to insert my own thing here. Well, this isn't exactly how it happened. Remember the telephone game? Now to Buckingham Palace again. They are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. 
me, I'm going to say privately because we're classy and don't air our dirty laundry on CBS, Harry, the same station that aired pictures of your dying mother. Not sure if you saw that, but um, in 2004, 48 Hours Investigates decided so when when Princess Diana passed and there was all that press around and the, the tabloids, they were snapping pictures as, as everybody in the car was passing away. And um, the French authorities always knew that these photos existed. Um, and in 2004, the woman running CBS 48 Hours Investigates did decided to run two of those photos and they said that they were done in a tasteful manner now that was never shown in the uk um but the woman who was in charge of that is now the head at cbs and i just think that that is very sad um so yes privately um and then buckingham palace says harry megan and archie will always be much loved family members and End quote. And I said, well, we love them because they're family, but that doesn't mean we like them right now, except for Innocent Archie because he's darling. He is so cute. So stinking cute. And then it says end. It says end for a press release, but honestly, I think the queen really, really did mean end. This ungrateful second son will not be my downfall. What is it with second sons? William, bring me Louis at once. I must ensure he doesn't betray <laughs> me too. You were very funny. Um <laughs> I think it was all they could say at this point until they do some more internal looking into things. I don't I don't know what else they could have said, to be quite honest. Um, well, I, and on I, that- I don't like that they didn't say that they're like opening an investigation into like the claims that that Megan is making about not being able to get help. Like they, they, that was the thing that I kept saying in the last episode where they opened in or investigations into the bullying claims, but they're not looking into like Megan asked for help and was unable to receive it. So to me, there is like huge failing. They're not acknowledging it. They're calling it a family matter, but if she is a working Royal, which she was at that time, that is a firm matter. And so that is where I'm like, they pick and choose when it's convenient to them, what type of matter it is. I am saddened that the queen is dealing with this while her husband is in the hospital. They had no idea of knowing that when they, like when all these deals were made. And I think they even asked that at some point, like people were like, when is it getting released? And they're like, it's up to CBS and CBS chose to run it. So I don't know. There's just a lot of shit going on with the family right now. That's why I like covering them. I know you don't want to cover Harry and Megan anymore because you find it depressing. I do. I think they're still interesting. I don't find the rest of the family nearly as interesting. And Uh, and and I'm just like, you guys left. Like you're not that you, to me, this made Royal watching not very fun anymore because of all the negativity surrounding it. And so for that, I'm probably going to take my hat out of the ring. um, Unless something like, I would like when they have their baby, yeah, of course, like, let's go ahead and mention it. But if, if other stuff starts to leak out of this, I'm probably just going to have to respectfully, like not talk about it because. I be me just mentioning it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only interesting thing. Like, I don't really care all that much. Like what Charles and Camilla do on their rounds. Like, I don't care about Charles. I think he's, then he's going to be a king soon. So it's like this moment of, I don't know. Or royal factions. I uh, care about. I care about the funeral, which is heartbreaking to talk about. Oh, gosh, right before we go to bed, what a wonderful parting. No, I shot. know. I mean, like, I care about the history of it, yeah. and like, I mean, like all the happening. pomp and circumstance. Yes. And- 
But from a people standpoint, I think it's really like, I think Charles is failing. I think he's not a good dad sometimes. I think he was a terrible husband. Um, from all accounts from the crown, I don't know if he's going to be a great leader, <laughs> but um, I really think it would probably be in everyone's best interest if it went to William and then there was consistency long-term because people do love Will and Kate, especially mm-hmm. in the UK. They do not love Camilla and Charles. And the crown has shot on them so significantly. And then with this and then like the press and realizing that like, you know, they didn't protect his son. Like, I just don't think there's room for Charles to ever come back and be respected from any of this. And some people, including Lady Gossip, take this as Harry kind of signaling his support for William becoming king. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think, I hope that we hope Philip gets healthy. We hope Harry and Meghan are mentally healthy and happy. And it sounds like they're doing really well and they saved each other and they live in a gorgeous house with their beautiful dogs and they're very happy and they're expecting a daughter this summer. And I told you all it was going to be a girl and I will like fall on a sword that that baby is an IVF baby and they knew exactly what they were getting. And I'm so happy and so jealous because I would love to have a girl because my life is like, and I'm once again giving gender stereotypical norms, but like what I would love more than anything is like a girly girl that I could put in dresses and just like live vicariously through for like five years and then let her terrorize me for the rest of my life. So I'm happy for them. They'll have that. And she will be stunning. She will be stunning. So. And uh, next week we will be back with the final episode of the crown season four for you guys. And then we'll probably take like a little break and come back with our season three which will be season one of The Crown. Yes. Or we might, or maybe we could do something all on the press. Maybe we could do something yeah. on like a movie. Like There's the a queen. lot. There's a lot, yeah. a lot. We're really grateful for you. I especially am grateful that you put up with me when I'm tired and I make no sense and I talk in circles. So thank you for listening. And for that person who gave us a one-star review and who will never mm-hmm. listen to us again. We love you. Haters <laughs> gonna hate. And I feel like we made it. So... All right, guys, have a good week. Thanks. Bye.